Our scripture reading, brothers and sisters, comes today from Psalm 118. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that you have given to us, your people, the word of God. 
We praise you that even in the simple hearing of your word, that it cuts us to the heart. We thank you that your work, your, your word, wounds, teaches, heals, and encourages all at once. And we ask of you, Lord, today that you will continue that work in all of us. As we hear your word exposited, preached today, we pray that you would open our eyes that we may see your grace. Unstop our ears that we may hear your grace. And open our hearts that, may we, that we may receive that same grace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just want you to look around one more time. Say hello to everyone once again. Hello to those of you who are joining us online as well. Today is our last sermon in our sermon series of, of uh, Christ in the Psalms. And as we've gone through this journey, I hope that you've seen that Christ is not only the, the answer to the Psalms, but Christ is also the one who has used the Psalms. Christ is also the one who has given the Psalms to his church, to his people, to use in such a way to encourage the body of Christ. But either way, however we come to the book of Psalms, we ourselves as God's people through his spirit are able to see that the, this group of, of poetry was meant to and has always been meant to draw us closer to Christ and closer to God himself. Now, as we said, there are many different ways that we can read the Psalms. Many different ways where Christ is teased out of the Psalms. But we must remember that our duty as believers in the Lord is to read the Psalms in such a way that Christ is magnified and glorified. The Psalms are not meant for the use of this world to fit into their ideas of grace and mercy. The Psalms are not used for even our own purposes to sort of self-soothe ourselves for our own agenda. But the Psalms are meant for us to reorient our emotions, to give all glory and honor to God through Christ. Now, we took a journey where we've seen different ways that we can come to these conclusions, different methodologies. But you remember from the very beginning, one of the things that, that, that I've, I've said to you is that we who believe in Jesus, you who have Christ, you're not going to look at Psalms and say automatically, I need to figure out these three different methods that Pastor Young has taught me to utilize these three different methods and come to the Psalms with sort of just my brain or just head knowledge. 
those of us who know Jesus, when we come to the Psalms, the Spirit teaches us and it shows us that what we are reading is God's Word. And what we are reading belongs to the Lord. And what we are reading here is our words to encourage us to sing praises unto God himself. Psalm 118 is a psalm of praise, a psalm of thanksgiving. And as you heard the reading of this psalm, you would see that the psalmist himself, chunk by chunk, is simply giving praise to God, praises, exaltation, thanksgiving to all who God is and what he has done. A call to all to say, praise be to the Lord, his love endures forever. A call for us to seek refuge in God and God alone. And then we see just sort of line by line, different, uh, uh, different words of exaltation to God himself and what God has done. And as you read those things, you often feel as if you are reading simply, uh, uh, the psalm is simply sort of putting together um, uh, simple prayers of different people who are simply exalting God together as God's church as a whole. When you read the Psalms, brothers and sisters, and especially a Psalm like Psalm 118, this psalm primarily is not a psalm to be studied, but a psalm to be echoed. This psalm is a psalm to be sung, a psalm to be shouted, a song that we shout into our own hearts as well. A psalm not to be read quietly, but with voices aloud unto our God. I want to end this series by talking about three different ways that the psalm has been applied by the writers of the New Testament. And I want to show you that methodologically, there's no sort of nice, clean way they've gotten to these interpretations. But what I will show you is that the spirit behind it is Christ-centered. An exaltation of Christ himself. And I want you to appreciate that these New Testament writers are using the Psalms like this, and Psalm 118 like this then we as God's people should do the same. In verse 22 and verse 23 in, verse, in Psalm 118, the writer says this, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Here we have a prophetic fulfillment of Christ himself, that Christ himself would one day come to his people. And when he would come to his people, 
He will come as the one who will fulfill all prophecy. He would be the king who would rule over all things. He would be the Messiah that was awaited for by all the people. But Jesus knew something about his coming, that his coming would not be so received joyfully by all people, but that he himself would be rejected by the very ones who had been given the promises of the covenant, the promises of God. And here, the writer and Jesus takes this one line from Psalm 118 and presents it to us and shows us that this line has been fulfilled in Christ himself. And we see the connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament we see that they're actually married together. We see once and for all that everything about the Old Testament is about Christ himself. For prophetic fulfillment of the Psalms. In Hebrews 13, verse 6, here we have the writer of Hebrews quoting, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And here, once again, we, we're a little bit in a different part of sort of where we are in redemptive history. If the previous passage is about Christ and his, his presence right there, this passage has to do with the fact that Christ has resurrected Christ is in heaven. Christ has achieved salvation. And here we have a passage that's here to encourage the believer. That you who are in Christ, you who have Jesus, you can say these words with utmost confidence. These words belong to you. An application of what Christ has done. That when you say, Yahweh is my helper. I will not fear. What can man, what can, what can anyone do to me? That you are reciting with full confidence what the psalmist himself was looking forward to. The day when your salvation has been secured in Christ. What can separate you from the love of God? Can the heavens What can separate you from the love of God? Can your past? What can separate you, you from your love from the love of God? Your present, your future. Can anyone separate you from God's love? No one can. And so we, 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 we say these words to ourselves as a comfort to ourselves to know that God is always with us. Immediate application. 
But the application is not about, I'm not going to fear falling on my face, playing a, a, a basketball game. That I'm not going to fear, the Lord's going to help me to succeed in life. But in the context of Psalm 119, in the context of Hebrews chapter 13, in the context of you knowing Jesus, that you do not fear being separated from God and his love. Never. For God has secured your relationship with him. When you read Psalm 118 as a whole, brothers and sisters, and you feel the emotional weight of praise in Psalm 118, there should be a change in your countenance. There should be a change in your, your, your face. There should be joy. There should be comfort. There should be love. People should be able to look at your face and go, there's something different about them. Yesterday, I had, I had the privilege of doing, um, of officiating another wedding. And it's, when you see the bride and the groom look at one another, there's only two reactions. One is, oh, that's cute. Or second is, oh, man, stop it. It's too much. That's the only two reactions that you can have. But there's something beautiful when you see someone, two people who love one another. And what, they, what you see in their face is the knowledge that they know that they're loved. And there's nothing more beautiful than seeing someone who is loved. This personal application, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me. The countenance of, of a believer is one that is loved by God, protected by God. And just like the bride waiting for the groom to come, the groom eagerly waiting to see the face of the bride. We know that we are loved by God in our face, our countenance, our hearts. Reveal it. Psalm 118 belongs to you who are a new creation in the Lord. You have a new worldview. You see the things differently than those in the world. Psalm 118 belongs to you to jumpstart your heart, to sustain your heart, to give you words to express your love for God himself. And this comes to 
the third time that Psalm 118 is quoted. This is in from Mark chapter 11, verse 9 through 10, and there are other passages in the Synoptic Gospels as well. This is Jesus' triumphant entry. We call it Palm Sunday. When, when Jesus enters into Jerusalem on, on a donkey, and we see the people lining up with palm trees, and they're singing and they're shouting unto the Lord. I don't think they came there organized. I don't think there was a leader that said, okay, which psalm should we pick or what word shall we say when Jesus enters? These are Israelites, Jewish people who have sang the Psalter day in and day out, who've basically memorized all these words in the Psalms. And when they saw Jesus entered, someone started, verse 25 and 26, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For it was Jesus who was coming. Brothers and sisters, you do not need to go to seminary. to know how to read the Psalms. If you're curious about it, go to seminary. You do not need to learn all the right methodologies to apply the Psalms in your life. Although some of these methodologies are very helpful. All you need to do is know Jesus. And when you see Jesus and worship Jesus, the words of the psalmist just flow out. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. My encouragement to you is to use the Psalms in your life. One of the most beautiful applications of this is, is simply uh, modern day songs or praise songs that we sing. They simply take lines here and there. I saw the Lord, the Lord was good. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. And when you sing those songs, you're singing those songs unto God. You're singing those songs because you know that Jesus has saved you. You are making that application, whether you know it or not. But I want you, when you have time to worship the Lord, not only to use your own words, but use the words of the psalmist. Let your emotions and your words reflect that of Scripture. And when your heart aligns with Scripture of how to praise God and how to feel towards God, 
you yourself will be blessed tremendously. For God longs for your heart to be like his. We all want to live well. We all want peace. We all want our emotions to be aligned. If there's anything this pandemic has taught us is that everyone or most people are emotionally exhausted. They're emotionally exhausted. It's hard to sort of... Um, you, you, you read the news, you, you talk with people, and, and everyone is just emotionally so charged about every, every issue here and there. And there are good issues. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad issues, but everyone's just emotionally exhausted. We know that during the pandemic, people have looked at friendships and, 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 and parental relationships and uh, family relationships, and, and, and people have decided to, to say, you know what, I, I need space for myself. I, I've got to take away these relationships because I'm just emotionally exhausted. And, you're, and people are looking to say, I, I don't want to put my emotions anywhere, even, even in God. But the psalmist tells us there is no other salvation. Only his steadfast love endures forever and ever. Only God answers when we ask. The answer is not to suppress your emotions. The answer is not to, to push it down and, 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 you know, get sick. The answer is let God redeem those emotions the right thoughts of praise, the right thoughts of joy, the right thoughts of hope. Only God saves. So brothers and sisters, go and read the Psalms. Read them out loud. Read them with passion. Pretend you are the star of a play and read them out loud and enjoy them. And let the Lord minister to the whole of who you are. Let's pray. Lord, there's no one as good as you. Nothing compares. We try to compare. But Lord, um, everything falls way short. And Lord, as we grow in our faith, we just see the, not only the folly, but the absurdity of allowing our emotions to be dictated by anyone else but you. We confess that we are all exhausted. But Lord, we also know that the answer does not come from running away, but the answer comes in running to you. Lord, it is good for us to sing songs out loud to you. 
It is good for us to read psalms out loud with passion. It is good for us to pray, Lord, with our hearts. It is good for us, Lord God, to beseech you day in and day out. And Lord, we often don't have words to say. We thank you that you, you hear our groaning. But we ask you to help us, Lord, to go to your word, and especially the Psalms, that we may give, Lord, words to our groanings, that we may align our hearts with our knowledge of you. So, Lord, I pray for our church. Heal our hearts. Align our hearts with you that our praises to you may be full in church, in our families, in our workplace, and that we may be, Lord, more effective workers for you to share the good news that Jesus is the answer to all. We thank you, we worship you, and we love you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.